Hey everyone, welcome. At the time I'm recording this, I'm a little tired because it is early in the morning. It is raining outside. I did not want to wake up, but, um, you know, I needed to. My kids will be up soon and um, I got to get ready for the day. And even though I don't feel like it, I've really been trying to wake up in the morning with purpose and get into the word and pray over the day and over the week and over the things we have coming up. So yeah, my voice is a little tired still because I haven't spoken yet much today, but um, I'm really excited to get back into this devotion. We're on day two of overcoming fear and anxiety. The link to this plan is in the description of the podcast, and I desperately need this today because I have been actually dealing with a lot of anxiety over the future, <sighs> and Kellen's been great and really sweet, and um, you know we pray about it together, and that always helps, but I think the thing that helps the most is getting into the Word and shifting your focus completely. So I've been really practicing that. So I'm very excited to get into this devotion today because I need to consume something that's going to fuel my faith instead of my anxiety. So hopefully this will do the same for you. Um, The title of today's is Get Into the Word. And the devotion says, it's easy to hear bumper sticker scripture and forget how the word is alive and active. Memorizing scripture is a good practice, but we can't store the memory away as something we know and not allow it to be an experience that changes us and the circumstances around us. Becoming too familiar with the word, becoming too familiar with the words dilutes the power and creates the illusion that it isn't much help. But Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. The truth is, the Word of God shines a light into the darkness and helps you see the next step to take. In fact, the best way to overcome anything is by wielding the sword of the Spirit, aka the Word of God, and tapping into its power. Hebrews 4.12 describes it as, quote, sharper than any double-edged sword. And 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says, It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let everything else be stripped away. Equip yourself with the truth and allow it to renew your mind. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In spite of any situation or circumstance you are walking through, you'll be able to see God's good, pleasing, and perfect will when you get into his word. It doesn't matter where you start, how quickly you read, or how long you meditate on a single verse. Create a habit of getting into the word every day. Pray and ask Holy Spirit to reveal something new to you each time you sit down to read and watch what he does. Isn't that so beautiful? I love this last thing, and I feel like someone needs to hear this. It doesn't matter where you start, how quickly you read, or how long you meditate on a single verse. Just create the habit of getting into the Word every day. And before you open your Bible and read, because I get it, it is a, it is, there, it is alive and it is living, but the context of it is a history book. And if you don't understand the context there is some of it that gets lost 
But if you ask God, hey, Lord, will you reveal something to me? Will you show me something as I read your word? He will do it. So don't just open it and start reading it. I mean, you totally can. But the times that I got the most and that I still to this day get the most out of the word of God is when I pray. Not a long prayer, not a lengthy prayer, just like, Lord, show yourself to me through your word. Make this come alive. I hear everyone talk about this. I want to experience it for myself. And I think God often is, he's just a gentleman. I think often he's just waiting for an invitation. He doesn't want to force himself on you. But the moment that you open your heart and you say, okay, Lord, like this is what I would love. I would love for you to reveal yourself to me. He's like, awesome. I'm there. The first scripture is Hebrew 4 verse 12. And it's the verse that was touched on in the devotion. And it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is, dis- and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Like, let's think about that for a second. The word of God is living and powerful. We hear that. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Then it says, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. You can't easily divide the soul and the spirit. What does that even mean? I don't even really know what that means. But I feel like often we talk about our soul and our spirit as being so connected. And this is saying that the word of God can divide the soul and the spirit. That's how sensitive the word of God is. And how, maybe not sensitive, but that's how... um, specific and direct and detailed and then the second scripture second timothy three sixteen, and it says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instructions and in righteousness that the man of god may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work um, the next scripture is romans 12 verse 2 And it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And the last scripture is Psalm 119 verse 105. And it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the other day I posted on Instagram how Kellen and I, a few years ago, started reading a proverb every single day because there's 31. So most months in the year have 31 days. And so we started reading a proverb a day together. We would read different translations. And yes, that meant we were reading the same book of the Bible every single month. So on the first, we would read Proverbs 1. On the next first, the next first, we would read Proverbs 1. And every time we did it, we got something new and fresh and it was so special to both of us and we're different and and we have different giftings. So God would give us different things or highlight different things. And it was so incredible. And so I shared that and a lot of you were like, thank you. This is so helpful because the Bible can be overwhelming and you don't, especially if you have a physical Bible, it's a pretty big book. And people are often like, I don't know where to start. Like I have a Bible, I want to get a Bible, but where do I start reading it? I think Proverbs is an amazing place to start. It is the book of wisdom. It will, it is just so good. It's a father writing to a son, but if you just take it as, you know, 
being written to as a child of God, it is so helpful. And Kellen and I, there's just something about embracing wisdom and you take it into every area of your life. All of a sudden you're, you know, if you have someone at work that you fight with, you're fighting with them less or not even fighting, but if they're agitated by you and they're constantly digging at you, there's something about wisdom that will help you live your life in such a way that you kind of sidestep foolish people. It's hard to explain. Or if you're trying to make decisions, I have so much anxiety often. It's been my whole life around making decisions. I'm afraid of making the wrong decision. But when you pray and ask God for wisdom, the anxiety for that decision making goes away. Wisdom counteracts all of that. And then the other place I would recommend starting in the Bible are the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is the beginning of the New Testament. And it's the life of Jesus. And if you have a um, Bible like I do with the New King James Version, or um, I don't know what other translations do it, but the words of Jesus are in red. And I love that. That is so special to be like, well, this is what he actually said. And he was a real person, even atheists and agnostics and people. He was a historical figure. So I believe he's the savior of the universe, but there's something and the savior of my soul and the love of my life. And no one could change my mind, but it's just so beautiful to be like, wow, these are real words. And not only are they real words of a real person, these are living words that are just as relevant right now today as they were 2000 years ago when he spoke them the first time. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this devotion and we will be back tomorrow with day three.